All right, I will say good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. Try to maximize our, our limited amount of time this morning to begin. But first of all, let's say for the firm, Silas Yisharim. So I uh, recorded and posted the last, uh, the last year. It's on the WhatsApp group. If you're part of the WhatsApp group or on the podcast, it uh, feels a little bit anticlimactic to finish off the safer with a recording and not live. But okay, Akadish Baruch who plans the world, right? Plans the world. So, in any event, we thank all of our sponsors this morning for this morning's share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Adar. Stephen Terry's in for dedicating all the Sherman Trushels this month in memory of Terry's father, Tzvi Hirsch Ben Yosef Akoin. To thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Sherman Trushels this month in memory of Paul's grandparents, Zachariah Ben Zachariah and Dina Bas Pesach. To thank our week of learning sponsors. Moshe David and Hannah Artman for dedicating all the Shurim this week in creation of the 23rd yard site of Moshe David's father, Fischl Beryl Ben Yitzchak Gershon Zechron Levracha, and to thank Dr. and Mrs. Gartenhaus for dedicating the week of learning in the Schuss of Rafush for Natan Ben Rivka. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, all of the Neshamusav and Aliyah, the families in the Chaman, all those who require a Rafuah should have one together with Kol Chole Yisrael. And we'll see with that, let us begin. We are on, today's daf is Membez 42. We are picking up on Membez 13 lines down from the top. Baya Baye. So Baya Stephanakash, we'll see a very interesting Shaila. Baya Baye. Nazir Shegileach v'shir shtei sa'aros. So we'll see, remember again, a Nazir goes ahead and cuts his hair, shaves his head, but leaves behind two hairs. So we'll see, so we already spoke about again in yesterday's daf, that leaving behind two hairs invalidates the hair cutting. Validates the hair cutting. So here's the case. Another went ahead and shaved his head and left behind two hairs. Samach Rosho, then all of his hair grew back. The Chazer V'Gilchan. And then he went ahead and he cut them. Now we'll say, cut what? So this is actually an interesting case over here. If you take a look at the rush, so the rush understands over here the case is as follows. It's in, the rush is in the left-hand margin. And the rush says about uh, 12 lines down. So obviously, if you leave behind two, two hairs, that indicates that what? So that shows you have not properly performed the mitzvah of head shaving. Therefore, again, So we'll say, see now what happens. Now the hair grows back. So this is interesting. According to the rush, What's happening over here is as follows. Listen to the case. Nazir shaves his head, leaves two hairs, invalid hair cutting, invalid hair shaving, right? Hair grows back. After the hair grows back, I will say, what does he do? He recuts or he cuts the two that he left behind. He cuts the two that he left behind. Now, now the truth is, that's the, that's the, yeah, that, that's the way the Russians understanding this over here. Osan beis sa'aro shishir begiluach harishon miyar minan. So we'll say, so what's the Shiloh? What's the Shiloh? The Shiloh is like this. Maybe at the end of the day, has he affected a full haircutting? Has he affected a full haircutting? Well, technically, yes. In other words, he's cut all of his hair. He's just done it at two different intervals, right? In other words, the first time around, he cut all of his hair, minus two hairs. Second time around, he cut the two remaining hairs. So now kind of when you look at it in totality, he's cut all of the hair of his Naziros just at two different times. Or no, that, that's not called haircutting for a Nazir. Haircutting of a Nazir is a one-time event. 
So that's the Shaila. Nazir Shigilaf Vashir Saros. So first time around he's cutting his hair, he left behind two hairs. Now I'll say that's part one. Part one. Now part two. Samach Rosho. Baruch Hashem. His hair grew back. The Chazavigilchan. Now he went ahead and he cut the two hairs that he left over the first time. Mahu. What's Talacha? Mimaakvi Olo. So I'll say, what's Talacha? What's Talacha? Is this an effective hair cutting or not? So the Gemara says as follows. So by Rava, so I'll say, so okay, that, that was that was Abayi's question. Rava asks a different question. By Rava, Nazar Shegilach Veheniach Shtei Saros. So listen to this case. So Rava says, so what about the following situation? I'm not sure who cut his hair. He left behind two hairs. Left behind two hairs. So we'll say so again. What's Allah if you leave behind two hairs? What's Allah? Invalid hair cutting. All right, now watch this. Vigilach Achas. Now then, after shaving his head, after shaving his head, he realizes he left behind two hairs. He goes in and he shaves one of them, v'nashra achas, and one of them fell out. One of them fell out on its own, right? So shave, right, cut one, fell out on its own. Mahu, what is the halacha? What is the halacha in such a situation like this? I will say, first of all, take a, what, I'm sorry? Ah, okay, all right. I was waiting for someone to say it. Okay, good. Right? Let's listen to this. Go listen to this. Let's take a look at the rush. So the rush says as follows. What's the Shaila over here? The Shaila over here is like this. See, when, we'll call, we'll call, when Nazir goes out and shaves his head, at least behind two hairs, fine. So he's invalidated, he's invalidated the shaving. So now he wants to go back, he wants to go back and cut his hair. So we'll say, so do we say that since at the time when he was ready to shave off the two remaining hairs, there were two hairs. What do two hairs represent? What do they represent? A unit of giluach, a unit of hair cutting. So since at the beginning of the second part of the process, there was a unit of giluach intact. Therefore, again, as long as at the start there were two hairs, even if subsequently one of them falls out, that's still called a valid act of hair cutting. Or do we say, no, at the end of the day, again, one of them fell out on its own, therefore you did not fulfill a proper mitzvah of giluach. To which the Gemara says, are you asking a question of a person who cuts one hair at a time? So I'll say, if you go ahead and you're a Nazir and you cut one hair at a time, that is still a valid giluach. To which the Gemara says, Gilach, sorry, so, uh, I'm sorry, Gilach, Sarah, Sarah, Kamibari, Leila, Rava, Eleima, Noshra, Achas, Vigilach, Achas, Mahu. Rather, perhaps according to Rava, the better way to phrase the case is, what happens if, he le- same case, he shaved his head, he left behind two hairs. Bose now, he's come, Bose, by the way, in the case of leaving behind two hairs, it could be just the case of Shogate, right? He just, he missed it. He missed it. So now he's going back to rectify it. And now what happens? As he gets ready to go ahead and cut those last two hairs, one of them falls out and he shaves the last one. So what's Taloch in this case? Amr Giloach Inkan, Ser Inkan. To which he responded, 
it's impossible to do an effective act of hair cutting, and there is no significant amount of hair left. To which the Gemara says, oh, that's an inherently contradictory statement. If there's not significant hair left, then what? Giluach yeshkan. Then it should be effectively shaved. Right? And, and vice versa. This what it means to say. What it means to say is, let's say in this case, where he shaved his head, left behind two hairs, left behind two hairs, the first one fell out, and now he wants to go ahead and shave the last one. Here's the problem. Even though, again, there is no meaningful hair that is left. There's also no mitzvah of shaving. In other words, what the Gemara is saying is like this. The mitzvah of giluach, the mitzvah of shaving the head of the Nazir, only applies when what? When there are two hairs. In other words, so if there's only one hair left, there's just no longer a mitzvah of giluach. So what do we do with all these cases, both Abayi and Rava? So here's how the Rambam chooses to codify this. So this is in Parakhas, Hilchos Naziros Halacha Zayin. Gileach v'hiniach shtei saros. So say, here's the case. So first of all, Rabbi say, if nothing else, the point also to take out of this is that halacha l'maysa, halacha l'maysa, so leaving over two hairs invalidates the giluach. So let's know the Ramam codifies it. Gileach v'hiniach shtei saros, person cuts his hair, another shaves his head, and he leaves behind two hairs. So here's the case. V'tzimeach rosho kulo. Now Rabbi say, he left over two hairs, and now his hair grew back. V'chazer v'gilcho, and the Rambam says, what happens? Now let's say the guy shaves his whole head again. Right? He shaves his entire head again, including those... Two. Now, by the way, he doesn't have to shave his whole head again, but he does. He shaves his whole head again, including those two leftover hairs from the first time. Oh, with the two hairs that are left over, he cuts one of them, one of them fell out. That's It works. So I will say, what comes out according to the Rambam, the Chiddush over here is that you could do Giluach at two intervals. At two intervals. So if he shaves his head, leaves behind two hairs. Leaves behind two hairs. Right? Case number one is where his hair grew back, and then he shaved the whole thing again. Yotzei mitzvah Giluach. Right? Case number two, he shaves his head, leaves behind two hairs, realizes that behind two hairs. Well, so what does he do? He cuts the first one. The second one falls out. Yotze, the mitzvah of Giluach. So what's the Chab Kuen Turan? We'll say two things. Two things. Number one, number one, that you could effectively fulfill the mitzvah of Giluach at two intervals. Right? Number two, I will say, is as long as when you're beginning the hair cutting, there are at least two hairs in existence. Even if you cut one and the other one falls out, you still have the mitzvah of Giluach. Right? Since two were there, at the time you began to cut, you're good to go. Conversely, Nashra achas v'gileach achas in kan mitzvah giluach. And we'll say on the other hand, if halach l'maysa, if halach l'maysa, let's say he left behind two hairs, one of them fell out, right now he left over two hairs, now one of them fell out, and now, right, so we'll say at that point, and now he shaved the other one, that is not the mitzvah giluach. Why is it not the mitzvah giluach? Because halach l'maysa giluach requires by definition at least two intact hairs. So again, if you shave the first one and the second one fell out, that's the mitzvah of giluach. First one fell out and shaved the second one, that's not the mitzvah of giluach. So, so the takeaway is, takeaway is, 
if you're going to be a Nazir, use a mirror, right? And get all the hairs at once, right? That, that's the takeaway number one. Number two, if you left over a minimum of two hairs, ultimately that invalidates the Giluach. Number three, you could do Giluach at two intervals. So if a Nazir shaves his head, leaves behind two hairs, and then reshaves his head, even after all the hair grew back, Halacha Lamais again, you Yodse the Giluach. When you go back to do the Giluach, again, if one of the hairs falls out, are you Yodse the Mitzvah? What's the answer? It depends. What does it depend on? The order, right? In other words, if you shaved first, fell out second, works. Fell out first, shaved second, doesn't work. Doesn't work. Good. They will say that's the Rambam. Mishnah. Mishnah. No, very interesting Mishnah. Nozir faith face avalo sore. So let's listen to this. Nozir, if you look at the rush, so the rush says over here, Nozir Chofeif, he says, Chofeif Sa'arosav Beneser Ba'adama. Chofeif Rabosa means shampoos. Shampoos. As a Nozir is permitted to go ahead and shampoo his hair, Umefas face, Umefas face means to separate his hairs one from the other. So he could shampoo his hair, he could go ahead and separate his hair one from the other. Aval lo sorek, but he's not allowed to comb his hair. Not allowed to comb his hair. And I will say, now again, what's going on over here? Says Gimara, Chofeif umefas face money. Why is another permitted to go ahead and shampoo his hair and separate his hair? That's Rabbi Shimon. What does Rabbi Shimon hold? Rabbi says, Rabbi Shimon from Shabbos, the Amr, Dover Shenem Miskavin Motis. Here I will say, what happens or what potentially happens when a person shampoos his hair? Or what happens when a person goes ahead and separates his hair? Hairs come out. A nausea is not permitted to pluck out a hair. So I, why is he permitted to shampoo and to separate his hair? Because Rabbi say the act of shampooing or separating is a darvish and miskaving, right? The intention of the nausea is not to pluck out hairs, right? What's the intention of the nausea? To shampoo, right? To clean, right? To clean or to, to disentangle. So if it turns out that a hair comes out, that's an unintended consequence. And therefore, Allah we pass like Rabbi Shimon, that a Darvish, or at least over here, that a Darvish in the is motor, right? Doing something with an unintended consequence or performing an unintense and unintended. Balacha ultimately, again, is going to be motor. However, Avalos Sorek, but yet he can't comb his hair. I will say, why can't he comb his hair? Asan the Rabbanon. I will say, that goes according to the Rabbanon. I will say, Remember again, see, here's what's interesting. What's interesting is as follows. The Gemara is suggesting over here that halacha l'maysa, that halacha l'maysa, the, the Rabbanon hold that a darvish in a maskavein is aser, right? Something with an unintended, right? In other words, even performing a, I keep using the word malacha, but over here, not malacha by Shabbos, but even performing an act, right, that, that produces an unintended consequence is going to be aser. So therefore, the Rabbanon say you can't use a comb. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, one second, Reish Rabbi Shimon Sefer Rabbanon. So the Reish is the first part of the Mishnah that you could shampoo and, 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 and disentangle your hair is Rabbi Shimon, that a Darvish Shenem is Kavin is Motor, and a Sefer that you can't use the Komas the Rabbanon. Omarava, no, 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 Kulu Rabbi Shimon. It's all Rabbi Shimon. I, if it's all Rabbi Shimon, what's going on over here? Kalasoreik Lahasir Neiman Middledolos Miskavin. Rabbi Shimon will say that the act of combing hair. By definition, we'll say, why do people comb their hair? In order to remove dangling hairs. Or as part of the act of combing is not, is, well, I should say, part of the grooming of combing is going ahead and removing stray hairs. So because that's the kavana with the act of grooming, 
even Rabbi Shimon, who says that a Darvashenim is Kabin, is Mutter, will hold that what? Will hold that what? The Kavana of combing is to remove hair. Now, I'll say, the truth is, the Rush, the Rush makes a simpler distinction. The Rush says, what's the distinction between shampooing? Between shampooing, separating, and combing? Rush holds that combing is a psikresha. Is a psikresha, which is, which, which is kind of. It, it sounds like what the Gemara is ultimately answering, right? That, that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that the kavana, when it comes to combing, is to remove stray hairs. And therefore, Allah said the Nazir can't do it. Good. So, we'll say, so that's the bottom line from the sugya. Nazir could shampoo his hair. Nazir could go ahead and disentangle his hair. But he cannot use a comb because a comb will be a... Why? Because shampooing. Again, shampooing, disentangling, davar sheno miskabein. But use of a comb, psik reisha. Beautiful. Says the Mishnah. Continuing on this same theme. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel says... I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel says, Lo yachov ba'adama. Nazir should not shampoo his hair with adama. And I will say, now apparently, they used to use certain types of earth certain types of earth, as shampoo. So a Nazir cannot go ahead and shampoo his hair with earth. Because ultimately, again, it causes hair to come out. Okay? So I will say, so we'll have to see again how this stems with what we just said before, because we just said before the previous Mishnah, that you can go ahead and shampoo your hair with earth. Or you can shampoo, I should say. Says the Gemara. So let's analyze this. So I say, how should you read the Mishnah? Should you read the Mishnah? Rabbi Shmuel says, you cannot shampoo with earth because earth, by definition, removes hair. Or maybe I will say the way to read the Mishnah is, you can't shampoo with certain types of earth. Why? Because those types of earth remove hair. In other words, are we saying that all types of earth shampoo remove hair? Or no, there are types of earth shampoo which remove hair. So what's the what's the difference? Here we go. Kigon adama de masra. So I will say, let's say you know that there's a type of earth shampoo that does not remove hair. So watch this. Amrit tenan. So I will say, if you say you can't shampoo with earth because earth goes and removes hair, so shapir. If that's the case, then you should be permitted to go ahead and what? Use earth that doesn't remove hair. But if you say it's lest you come, it's if you say you can't shampoo with earth because of earth that can remove hair, then I say that would essentially create what? A blanket prohibition against using all types of earth for shampoo, lest you come to use the type of earth which removes hair. To which the Gemara says, Teiku. So the Bible said, the Gemara leaves off un- unanswered. The Bible said, the Ramman Paskins, and he'll host the zeros. Parakei halacha dalid. Here we go. Nazir. So first of all, the Ramam goes through this whole sugya. And the Ramam writes, Nazir chofiv al sa'aro biado. So if I say a v'cholcheich b'tzi parnav. So I will say, so a Nazir is permitted to disentangle his hair with his with his with his hand and with his nails. V'nafal se'ar eno chosheish shehare em kavanoso lahashir ve'afshar shlo yasir. So I will say, and if hair comes out, it's not a big deal. Why is it not a big deal? Because it's a double shit in the Right? That's not his intention. It's not his intention. Aval, lo yisrog b'masreik. I will say, but he cannot comb his hair. 
Nazir can't comb his hair, right? Nor can he shampoo with earth. Why? Because at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, shampooing, I will say, will do what? Shampooing definitely goes, I should say, sorry, shampooing with earth definitely removes hair. But if he did so, he doesn't get malchus. Fine. So we'll say, that's the Raman Paskins. Ultimately, again, Shampooing is fine, but apparently without earth, right? Disentangling is fine, right? Combing is not fine, and the use of earth for shampoo is not fine as well. Good. Mishnah, I'll say, Bana Mishnah, Membeis Amadalaf. Nazir, Shahayu Shosi Yain Kalayom. If you had a Nazir who was drinking wine the whole day, they will say, by the way, what an apropos Gemara, right? Tanis Esther, incredible. Erev Purim, absolutely incredible. So the Nazir goes in and drinks wine the entire day. He's only going to be chayiv once. Only chayiv once. So we'll say, this is incredibly important. Nazir goes ahead and drinks wine the entire day. There's only one liability. So Amrullah, however, if they said to him, Al-tishta, al-tishta, vushosa, but I will say, if they repeat to him, don't drink, don't drink. I will say, now what does it mean they repeat to him, don't drink, don't drink? What is the case? Of multiple hasros. Remember, again, I will say, in general, there is only liability for a particular act if a person first receives hasra. A proper halachic warning that what they are doing is prohibited and what they are doing carries with it a particular penalty. So again, what the Gemara is saying is like this. If the Nazir drinks wine throughout the day, but that, 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 that prolonged act was only preceded by one hasra, there was only one liability. But if he's drinking throughout the day and what? At different intervals, he's receiving a hasra, then he's going to be hired for each individual act preceded by a hasra. So the Gemara says, similarly, if he's cutting his hair the whole day, he's only going to be hired once. But I will say, if they say to him, don't cut your hair, don't cut your hair, they give him individual hasras. But he continues to go ahead and cut his hair. He'll be chayiv each time. Now, what I want to point out is something very interesting. And this is probably even... So, the Chiddush of Rabosai is, imagine, the Nazir is engaging in one prolonged, contiguous act. So, what it's saying is, if during that contiguous act, he's warned multiple times, there's individual liability for each of those acts. That's, that's the Chiddush over here. That's the Chiddush. Even though it's one contiguous act, as opposed to if there's one Asra with one contiguous act, it's Chayiv once, one contiguous act with multiple Hasra'os peppered in there, he's going to be Chayiv multiple times. Similarly again, if he's becoming tummy to the dead, the entire day, if he's going, he's going, he's going in and out of the cemetery the whole day, or touching corpses the whole day. So what's Talacha? Eino chayiv achos. He's only going to be chayiv once. Right? However, same case. Amr lo, al tetame, al tetame, vuhumetame. But if they keep saying to him, don't become tame, don't become tame. And what? He becomes tame. Chayiv al kol achas achas. He will be chayiv ultimately again for each act of Tomah. So we'll say, again, same principle, same principle, just explained again in three different contexts of drinking wine, hair cutting, and tumasling. So we'll say, let's analyze. Itmar, Amar Rabba, Amar Rafuna, Mikra, Male, Dibe, So we'll say, this is very interesting, Gimara. 
So ultimately, again, so let, let's let's analyze this. So Rabba Rabba says Nimr Afuna the following that I will say that this concept this concept that a nazir could be liable for multiple acts of tumah. Now I will say I just want to point out to you something very interesting. What's the chiddush specifically in tumah? What's the chiddush in saying that a nazir could be chayiv multiple times for tumah? What's the chiddush? The chiddush is I will say that once you're tameh, then what? You're tameh. You're tameh. In other words, I hear it by the act of wine consumption because each act of wine consumption is an additional act. Even hair cutting, even hair cutting, I will say, right? If he's cutting his hair throughout the day, again, he's cutting a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more. There's something substantively that's being done. What's fascinating, and this is what really Gemara picks up on, is the case of Tumah. Because in the case of Tumah, once you're Tumah, you're Tumah. In other words, Bepashtos, once you're Tumah, let's play this out, right? Nazir walks into a cemetery. He's Tumah. He goes back out, he walks back in. Has anything else additional happened to him? The pastors, no. In other words, he's tummy Tomas There's no like, now you're more tummy, now you're less tummy. So we'll say, the Chiddush over here, the Chiddush over here is, if he's becoming tummy the entire day, and we give him multiple asras, then Allah might say, he's chai. Well, we'll see Allah might say, but for our purpose right now, Allah is going to the Mishnah, he's chai for each of those acts of Tomas. So comes along Rabba, Rabba says, Mikra Male Diber Hakasov. This concept, this concept ultimately again is a Mephorisha Pasuk. Now, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi tells you over here, left hand column, Mikra Maladibra Kasov, Benazir, Loi Tamla Mamosam, La Siro Ala Tuma, Ukisha Chazer, Vaamar Kolyme, Hiziro La Shema, Kolnashos Mace, Lo Yavo, Chazer Vizhiro Abias Ohel Shabo, Shabo Mace, Lomar Lacha, Shenitma, Bemace, Vachazer, Viniknas, Boash, Yishbo Mace, Chayevstein. Shabbos says, essentially what we're going to see is as follows. Well, let, let's take a look. Now, Rabbi comes along and says in Rafuna, the way that the psukim are structured by Nazir are dafka to teach you that if the Nazir became Tameh and then he becomes Tameh again, there's enhanced or increased liability. Watch this. So, lo, so the Pasik says, the Pasik says, Lo Yitama. Right? So now remember, let me give you the whole passage. Remember again, a nazir, a nazir, like the Kohen Gadol, cannot become Tameh even for immediate relatives. It's an incredible, incredible idea. Right? See, even as immediate relatives pass away, the nazir is not permitted to become Tameh for them. So, lo yitama. So the passage says he can't become Tameh. Kishu Omer Lo Yavo. That was like, now. In addition to that, the Torah says, the Torah says, Kol Yimei Zero LaHashem Al So Al Nafsho Meis Lo Yavo. So it says Lo Yitama, and it says Lo Yavo, Lo Yavo. So we'll say. So what's the pshat? La Sira Alatuma, La Sira Alabia, Aval Tuma Vituma Lo. So we'll say this is very interesting. So Rabbah says in the So Rabbah says in Rav Huna. What is coming to teach is as follows. That Allah Khalamaisa, a Nazir will be Chayiv for Tumah. We will say, what does Tumah mean? Tumah means either, right? Tumah means either entering into, let's say, a cemetery. Tumah can mean touching a corpse. But I will say, so what the Torah is coming to say is, there's additional liability if after that he comes into an Ohel mace. I will say, what's the Chab of Ohel? Tumah's all means you're under the same roof as a corpse, even though there's no contact being under the same corpse. So according to Rabbi Nimrafuna, if he first has contact and then ohel, 
ultimately, again, there'll be enhanced liability. But Rabbi says, listen to this. But Rabbi says, Halacha Lamaisa, but multiple forms of the same Tumah do not add on to one another. So Rabbi says, I just want to point out what's something very interesting over here is as follows. According to Rafuna, I'm sorry, according, we're going to see this, but according to Rabbi's interpretation of Rafuna, watch this. If a Nazir goes into a cemetery, okay, what's, what's his sta- status? Status? Tame. If after that he enters into a house, he's under the same roof with a corpse, then what? Additional liability. Rabbi say, now watch this. According to, according to Rabbis and Sarafuna, if a Nazir goes to a cemetery, walks out, and goes back in, what's the There's no additional liability. That's what we call tumah v'tumah. No additional liability. Why? Because in other words, the only time there's additional liability is when there's ohel and contact, what we'll call tumah and ohel. Why? Because that, because the Torah itself says lo yitama and lo yavo. The fact that the Torah phrases two different prohibitions by the Nazir says those could add on to each other. But in terms of adding on like prohibitions of tumah, no. We'll say, now, Rava's logic, or Rabba's logic, is very sound. What's Rabba's logic? Is you've done nothing. In other words, if the Nazir goes into the cemetery, goes out and goes back in, you haven't done anything. So because you haven't done anything, therefore what? Therefore, no enhanced liability. Now, I watch this. Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, Ha'elokim. Right? Now, Ha'elokim is a lashon of a shvua. Right? So th- that means, like, Rav Yosef feels very passionately about this. Amr Afilu Tuma So Rav Yosef disagrees with Rabbi. Rav Yosef says, Rabbi, you're wrong. Now both say, this is a machlokas in the position of Rav Huna. So Rabbi's position, Rabbi's understanding of Rav Huna is the only time, according to Rav Huna, that you could have multiple liabilities for Tuma is when there are different types of Tuma. Namely, let's say when first time there's contact with Tuma, he goes into a cemetery, and second time there's Tumas Ohel. And that's because the Torah itself phrases it as Lo Yitama and Lo Yavo. But if you have multiple acts of entering into the cemetery, R- Rabbah's understanding of Rav Huna is that there will not be liability for multiple Tumas of the same type. Comes along Rav Yosef and he says, By God, by God, Rabba, you are wrong. Rav Huna holds Afilu Tuma Vituma. Rav Huna holds even repeated acts of the same type of Tuma will in fact generate liability. Where do we know this? So Rav listen to this. The Amar Rav Huna, listen to this case. Nazir, Shaya Ombe Sakvaras. So here's the case. A Nazir was standing in the cemetery. Vaushito lo meso umes acher. And I was saying, now what happens? They hand him a corpse, right? He's standing in a cemetery, standing in a cemetery, and they hand him a corpse. Whether it's a corpse, his own relative, umes acher, or someone else, or, or, another, or another corpse, v'nagabo. And ultimately, again, he touches this other corpse. What's the halacha? Chayif. He's going to be chayif. He's going to be chayif. They both say, now what is this a case of? Now watch this. Remember, where's the nazir? Where's the nazir? Standing in the cemetery. Now we'll say, then what, so he's saying the there. Therefore, what's the status? What's the status? Tomei. Now what happens? They hand him a corpse. Now we'll say, when they hand him a corpse, it means it's like he touches a corpse. That, that's the of this. He touches a corpse. Now we'll say, what happens when he touches a corpse? Okay, now we'll say, from a status perspective, does anything change in the nazir from, from, after touching the corpse? Same thing. Same thing. Yet again, yet again, the Brisa says, that he is chayiv, right? Rav Huna says that he is chayiv. Amai ha mitame v'kayim. Now, one second. Why should the Nazir be chayiv? After all, again, he's already tame. 
Why is he already Tame? Because he's standing in the cemetery. Rather, Rabbi say, what do you see from here? That according to Ravuna, according to Ravuna, even what we call Tumavatuma, even additional forms of the same type of Tuma will still create additional liability. I will say, if you take a look, if you take a look at the rush for just a moment, the rush, I will say, it's like uh, probably about, I don't know, 15 lines in. Rav Yosef Amra Afilu Tuma Vatuma, Af below Tosefes Tuma, Mishayiv Shtayim, Ihisru Bo Atetame Atetame. So Rav say, I just want to point out what a fascinating you saw the stick machlokis we have over here. So both say, so what we have over here is a machlokis Rabba and Rav Yosef in the position of Rav Huna. So remember again, Rabba's going to say, the only time there's liability for additional Tumah is when? When? When it's a different type of Tumah. So if let's say you have, let's say now, let's call it regular Tumah. What we call Tumah, what we call Tumah means either direct contact with a corpse or you're standing in a cemetery. So if, you, if you're Tameh, and then you enter into an ohel with a mace, then you'll have additional liability. But aside from that, but aside from that, multiple tumas of the same type will not generate liability. So therefore, I will say, according to Rabbah's understanding of Rav Huna, watch this. You're in a cemetery, right? You're in Azir, you walk into a cemetery, right? You walk out, you walk back in. You walk out, you walk back in. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? How many times are you chayiv? Once. Once. Comes along Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef disagrees. And I will say, by the way, Rav Yosef has a pretty strong leg to stand on because he is quoting a statement of Rav Huna. And Rav Huna says, a Nazir is standing in a cemetery. A Nazir is standing in a cemetery. And I will say, what happens? Right? So what, what, what happens if he stands in a cemetery? You're telling me. Then what happens? He touches a corpse while he's in the cemetery. What's Talacha? Rav Huna says, Chayef twice. Chayef twice. Why? Ultimately, again, Tumah v'tumah. Because Rav Huna, so Rav Yosef posits that Rav Huna holds that there is multiple liability for increase of Tumah, even with the same type of Tumah. All right, so let's analyze. So listen to this. Now, here's the case. A coin has a corpse on his shoulder. Corpse on his shoulder. So now here's the case, right? So the coin is mamish holding a corpse. He has a corpse on his shoulder. Now we'll say, as he's holding the corpse on the shoulder, what happens? Someone extends another corpse to him, which means he touches, he touches, it's a heavy day, right? It's a heavy day. So, right, so the coin is holding a corpse on his shoulders, and meanwhile, somebody extends another, another dead body towards him, and he touches the other dead body. You might have thought the Kohen should ultimately again be Chayiv for the second act of touching the corpse, to which the Gemara says, Tamil Omar, We'll say the Pasuk says a Kohen should not perform, should not, sorry, should not profane his Kahuna kite, right? In other words, he shouldn't come in contact with the dead. So the Gemara says, what, is that, what does that refer to? So we'll say that refers to a Kohen who is not profaned. This comes to exclude a case of what? A Kohen who is already, quote-unquote, profaned. Now, we'll say, now, what does that mean, a Kohen who's already profaned? In other words, we'll say, what do we seem to be saying over here? The Kohen is holding a corpse on his shoulders, right? So he's already holding a dead body, which means that what? He's already Tomei. Abaye says, what is the Bryce saying? What is the Bryce saying? That if he touches another corpse, there's no additional liability. Why is there no additional liability? Because we'll say, 
the prohibition for a Kohen is to make himself Tameh. Well, once he's already Tameh, then exposing himself or touching additional Tumah does not go ahead and do anything. So I both say, this seems to be a, this seems to be a question against who? Against Rav Yosef and the support of Rabbi. To which the Yomar's Amr Le'eh, so Rav Yosef will say, one second. So, so first of all, Yosef says, well, what, Abaye, what are you going to do with our Mishnah? Because after all, what did the Mishnah say? Yet I will say again, look at our Mishnah. What did our Mishnah say? If the Nazir is becoming Tameh the entire day, right, and he only had one Hasra, he's going to be Chayiv once. But I will say, if they say to him, they give him multiple Hasras, don't become Tameh, don't become Tameh, what's Talacha? Chayiv al-kol achaz v'achaz. He's going to be chayiv for every single act of tumah. But one second. Abai, based on what you said, va'amai, ha metam v'kayim. I, one second, why should he be chayiv multiple times? Once he's tameh, he's tameh. So I'll say, alakashi adadi. So I'll say, so the truth is, we have, uh, we have really a machlok, it's a contradiction between the b'raisa and between our Mishnah. In other words, I will say, remember again, here's what we have. I have a b'raisa by the kahuna. What does the b'raisa by the kahuna say? The Kohen is holding a dead body on his, on his shoulder. He's carrying a dead body. Right? And so therefore what? We'll say, what's the status he's carrying a dead body? Tameh. Now what happens? Someone goes ahead, he touches, essentially now the Kohen touches a second corpse. So we'll say, what's the halacha when he touches a second corpse? There's no liability for that second act of Tumah, which sounds like a support to Rabbah's interpretation of Rav Yosef, that there is no Tumah v'tumah. Once you're Tameh, you're Tameh, and there's no additional liability for additional Tumah. So let's say, so now comes along, comes along Rav Yosef, and Rav Yosef says, one second, how does that stem with our Mishnah? Because what did our Mishnah say? The Nazir is going in and out of the cemetery, in and out of the cemetery. So we'll say, what's Talacha? What's Talacha? If there's only one Hasra, then what? He's Chayiv once. But if there are multiple Hasras, he's going to be Chayiv for each act of Tumah, which indicates to us what? Yesh, Tumah for Tumah. There is liability for additional Tumah, even of the same type of Tumah. So we'll say, how do we reconcile the Mishnah and the Braisa? <coughs> so this is incredible. Lokasha, Kan Bichiburin, Kan Shalom Bichiburin. So I will say, this is absolutely fascinating. The Gemara wants to suggest that this is a case of Chiburin. Now I will say, what's the case of Chiburin? If you take a look in the Rosh, take a look in the Rosh, so I will say, and at least in my, in my Rosh, if you see where Tosis, my Shno is, my Shno, right across from Tosis, my Shno, it's there in the Rosh. Lo kashe kan b'chiburin, kan shlo b'chiburin, now watch this, I will say, Abaye heishev l'rav Yosef, letari tzabraise ba Mishno, the Bryce is talking about a case where remember what? The Kohen is holding the corpse. Right? Remember again, the case, remember the Bryce's case? Kohen's holding the corpse, and then what happens? He touches a second corpse. So what's Talach in that case? What's Talach in that case? The Bryce has said there's no additional liability. So watch this. So he says, Kam bichiburin, ba'odo mechubar lameis, imoshito lo meis lo mechayiv. Demechulo va'ometu ve'eno mosif toma al tumaso. Shabbos said, this is fascinating. This is, right? It makes so much sense what it's saying it. In the Bryce's case, a Kohen is holding a corpse. Corp, we'll call it corpse one. Corpse one. Then what happens, Shabbos said? He touches corpse two. So the Bryce says, in that case, 
there's no additional liability. Now I will say, I'll tell you why. It makes sense. Because since he's actively holding Tumah, it doesn't make sense to say that the second act of contact will generate any additional liability. Conversely, the case, on the other hand, in the Mishnah must be where what? Where the Nazir is, not In other words, for example, he's in the cemetery, goes out of the cemetery. In the cemetery, out of the cemetery. That's the case where there could be multiple liabilities ultimately for Tumah. So I would say a fascinating distinction over here, that when you are connect, actively connected to the source of Tumah, Abayi wants to suggest everyone will agree, aim Tumah v'tumah, right? There's no additional layers of Tumah. You can only be chai, you're only chai once because you are in an active state of Tumah. Masha'inkin, on the other hand, if you separate yourself from the Tumah, you could then, there could be then additional liability for enhanced Tumah or for additional Tumah afterwards. We'll see, you hear the distinction? That's why in the Bryce's case, where the Kohen is actively holding on to the corpse, then when he touches the second corpse, there's no additional liability because he's Mukhubar. He's still attached to the initial source of Tumah. So it makes sense if you're attached to the initial source of Tumah, there's no liability for additional Tumah. The case of the Mishnah must be, the Nazar was in the cemetery, then he left the cemetery. Oh, now if he gets Hasra again, he could be chayv again for a second act of Tumah. To which the Gemara says, V'tumah, b'chiburin daraisa. So we'll say, is that true? That Tumah, that the concept of chiburin, which means the concept ultimately again of being attached to Tumah, is a din daraisa. Ham Rav Yitzchak by Yosef and Rav Yanai, so yet we learned that the concept of chiburin by tumo only applies to truma and kachim. But ultimately it doesn't apply in cases of nazir and it doesn't apply in cases of karban pesach. In other words, it wouldn't preclude you from going ahead and eating karban pesach. Again, if you say that it's a din da'araisa, then why should there be any distinction that should apply in all cases? To which the Gemara says it's not a contradiction. Kan bichiburi adam, kan bichiburi adam b'mei. So say, this is actually absolutely fascinating. So say, take a look at the rush once more. Look at the rush once more. say, so this is the rush, again, in my version of the rush, this is towards the bottom. Five lines up from the bottom. Listen to this fascinating distinction. Kan bichiburi adam, kan bichiburi adam b'mei. Ruvein shenaga b'shemin, Ba'od Shimon Nogea Bemeis, Tamei Zayin Minatoras. We'll say, listen to this. Listen to this, we'll say. So now, Halacha Lamaisa, if Reuven touched Shimon, and Shimon was touching a corpse. Okay? So Reuven touches Shimon, Shimon is touching a corpse. So Midaraisa, that makes Reuven biblically Tamei. Which means now that for Tumah, he has to go ahead and observe, he has to go ahead and observe seven days. Right? But if Ruvain's touching Shimon, Shimon's touching Levi, Levi's touching a corpse, so then watch this, then Ruvain, Ruvain, the first guy, right, ultimately Midda is only Tame for one day, is only Tame for one day, 
But ultimately, again, Midrabanon is going to be Chayi Sunday. So we'll say, what we're going to do is actually, we're going to stop over here for today. We're going to stop. Well, I read that last part quickly. We're going to pick up with this again. But I will say, what we're ending off with, effectively, what we're ending off with today is the concept of, Yomar's introducing us to the concept of Chiburim and floating the following idea that maybe, maybe, if you are actively attached to the source of Tumah, everyone will agree, Ein Tumah V'Tumah. There is no such thing as additional liability for more forms of Tumah. But perhaps if you're Tumah, but disattached from the source of Tumah, even though what? Even though what? Say, if you're Tumah and you disattach from the source of Tumah, what's your status? What's your status? You're still Tumah. You're still Tumah. But maybe if you're detached from the source of Tumah, that would allow for the ability for additional layers of Tumah liability. Emir Tzor will say, to be continued tomorrow. Shkoyach.